0: Oh wait, hold on.
1: Cancel. And I'm like,
0: am I still supposed to talk?
1: <laughs> <laughs> they took that time and that effort mm-hmm. to create that for you, and it's like you're like, I, at least for me, I'm mm-hmm. like, it's just me. I'm just this normal girl who <laughs> does your family like fully know like what you do, and I'm guessing like they're if they do know about it, they're they're like accepting of it and are just like, do your thing.
0: Yeah, no, they they always were supportive of it, but they're super proud now with everything going on. Like they know what I wanna do. And it's funny, like no, no one in my family is like into dance music but my mom really? wants to go to a show with me at some point, but like they're starting to get to know about it. And I tell them about like the interviews and my mom's super supportive. She was like on Clubhouse on some of the panels I, you
1: <laughs> I was on. She's like oh on God. Clubhouse listening. <laughs> she was on Clubhouse. Wow, you are your mother's yeah. daughter. Before we get into the episode, if you guys can please hit that like button and subscribe, that would be so great. And it'd be a great way to support Best Candy Ever. Leave me a comment. Let me know what other guests you'd like to see on the podcast. And let's have a good time. Candy Fam, what is up, everybody? Today, I have a very iconic and special guest on the podcast. She is an amazing YouTuber, but also is a fellow podcaster, as well as somebody who I think does everything. I don't know what she doesn't do. <laughs> she's a social media coach. She has her own, um, not just her own podcast, but she actually co-hosts a podcast as well. And she's amazing on TikTok. So without further ado, please welcome the amazing Emma Capotes. Yay. Hi guys. I'm so
0: excited to be here.
1: <laughs> Girl, me too. I'm so happy you're on here. Like you have been one of my guests that have been on my like must have on the podcast
0: list. So That's now that awesome. this is finally happening, I'm just like, this is so great. I know. Well, the, the funny thing is too, cause I'm just going to forget that we're recording. <laughs> so I just feel like this is going to be a conversation between the two of us. So and I like that. Cause that like eases my anxiety. Cause then it makes Good. it more
1: like for me, I, I don't listening. think about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I'm excited.
0: So girl, what have you been up to? What's new? Oh my gosh. So many things. I feel like this year kind of just like escalated (laughs) really fast, just like after the holidays and stuff. But no, I've been creating a lot of content, probably more than ever before. Um, Like you mentioned, I started a new podcast um, with my co-host, Michael Julian. The first episode came out February 9th, I believe, but that's a very new project. So yeah, I'm just doing my thing on YouTube. The two podcasts are keeping me busy. And now this whole coaching and digital courses thing is also like in my free time as well. But it's been really, really fun. I feel like uh, we're also about to see the light at the end of the tunnel here with shows and events coming back soon. So I feel like the energy just feels better right now. So I'm excited.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's funny that you say that. It's like about to come to an end because I feel like there've been mixed feelings about it. Like, no, this is going going to go on forever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the majority of us are like festivals are back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We're ready. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, okay. I, I don't know if anyone really knows this, but I actually just finished your course. Um, so for those that don't know, Emma does have, um, social media course. Uh, Emma, can you tell followers that don't really know like
0: what that is, what it's all about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it was pretty new to me, honestly, within this past year. I I had friends who were coaches, like nutrition coaches or business coaches. So I knew that world existed. But it was last, I think, August, where I started listening to a lot of like female entrepreneur podcasts. Like you and I are obsessed with podcasts. Just listen to all that and I found them really inspiring. And then I realized, oh, all of these people also do these webinars where you can learn about business and things like that. So I started taking like their free webinars. And then I remember it was in September and there was this one woman I listened to, Amy Porterfield, and she was like, oh, I, her thing is I teach people how to launch their own digital courses online and it can be about whatever you're passionate about. And I was like, that's really, really interesting. I've always, you know, thought about it. And it was starting like the next week. So I had a few days to decide. And it was like an expensive course. It wasn't cheap. And I was like, you know what, F it. And I bought the 12-week course and I did that. And um, it was awesome. So I did that from September to November. And it basically taught you everything you needed to know about launching your own online course. And then I launched my first course. But I like gave myself when I set my mind to something, I'm like, I'm going to do it. So I was like, cool, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to launch a course in December. And that's what I did. And it was about um, building your social media engagement. Is that something I'm super passionate about? And yeah, it was an amazing group of women that we had to start with. It was so, so cool. I'm proud of myself for doing it. And uh, yeah, once once that one was under my belt, now I was like, okay, I want to do other courses, webinars, all that fun stuff and just share whatever information I have with other people but they're really really fun there's so many out there for like any topic and interest you guys have so definitely look into them if you if you see any like free webinars or anything like that.
1: Yeah and Emma's course is amazing you guys um I think a lot of us for a while with the algorithm change like back two years ago I think it totally messed a lot of different content creators up myself included mm-hmm. and I just remember thinking, well, I give up on Instagram. I'm going to go over to TikTok or Twitter or whatever. And this is just how it's going to be from now on. But then eventually I came across like your course and I was like, what is this? And (laughs) I can't tell you guys enough, like how, how much good information um, is in there. And some of the things that you provided in that course, I don't really think that you could find anywhere else because a lot of it I think was like a really thorough analysis and like what because I think that you're one of the only EDM content creators that's um really doing something like this or you're at least the first one who's kind of started going in this direction in terms of like coaching and mentorship Um, what what keeps you going? Because I'm just like, you do so many things and you still have like, you know, your nine to five or your, your full-time job. And Mm -hmm. I think that's just so crazy.
0: Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, honestly, I think the coaching and stuff was a natural next step for me because with, YouTube and social media, that's just like so much fun. That's a passion project. But I noticed that for social media, as my accounts grew, I was getting a lot of the same questions. So a lot of people want to start their own podcast, or a lot of people were asking how to grow their platform or, and I was like, how can I Do this in a way, and like I'm in my DMs all day, every day. Like I will always answer questions, but I was like, how can I do something that will help more people at once? And so that's when I started to think about doing the online courses. And again, like I'm all for like creators. Because I think like if you're passionate about something, you should totally go for it. And everybody has like a story to share. So I just like you said, like I feel for people who get frustrated or unmotivated or they don't even want to start because they think other people did it first. Like that's literally irrelevant. You have your own like perspective and take on things. So you should, you know, come up to bat and take your chance on it. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, so that's where the digital courses came from. And I have so many more new ones I want to do, I'm actually going to relaunch the course you took in June. So I'm really, really, I like, can't wait to do that again. Cause it, it was so much fun. And, um, yeah, now I'm doing one-on-one coaching. So that's another thing. So that's like less people that I can work with, but I think you get so much out of working one-on-one. I hired my first business coach this past, oh gosh, January. And it's been like life changing. So you ha- you I definitely hired your think- business coach. I hired a business coach. Yeah. Maddie Maple. She's amazing. Um, I had heard the same thing. People were, it's so, it's so funny. Like you just start spiraling. People are like, I'm telling you, if you want to launch a business, you should invest in a coach because they're going to advise you. They're going to tell you like, they're going to give you the blueprint. And so I did that. And now my coach is like, here's, you know, how you get clients. Here's how you should frame your coaching. Like, here's what you should do. Cause I don't know anything about sales or like (laughs) anything like that. And it's, she's given me like the most amazing tools. And so I feel that way too. I'm like, if I can help people get to their goals faster and more efficiently, because I've like, you know, I've been doing this for four years. It definitely took me longer to get to certain milestones. But if I can help you get there faster, then that's like a win for me. That makes me happy.
1: Yeah, 100%. And for a while, more like two years, I was like, you know, I have the internet. I don't need to to ask people or look up YouTube videos. I like in my head, I was like, mm-hmm. I can do all the research. Yep. And I think a lot of us have like this inner pride. And a lot of us I think don't really want to admit it, but I'll admit it for a while. I was like, I don't need this. And then yeah, and then something just went off one day. And I was like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I ask for help? if I know I need it, if I know I've been stagnant for two years. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's one thing that people have a hard time with is admitting that they need help and that they just don't know, or they're crunched for time and they can't do the research like myself. So that's why I was like, fuck it. Emma knows what she's doing. Her platform has grown on all the channels because I've been following you for a while as well. So I was like, why wouldn't I ask her? She clearly has like this formula down. So that's why I like took your course and it's been like so many great tips and ideas. So um, yeah, thank you for doing that. I feel like that's a really big help with not just the EDM community, but like creators in general.
0: Thank you. No, I'm so happy you were in the course. I really like couldn't wait to work with you and Yeah. It's, it's really cool. I don't know. Like I said, even me like investing in that 12 week program I did in the fall and then investing in a coach, like it gets addicting because you start, you start to see yourself growing faster and you start to see these results. And you're like, oh my gosh, if I, if I only realized like investing in myself and educating myself more would equal like all these things starting to go really well, then I would have done this a long time ago. So that's kind of like how I feel about it now. But that's that's exciting. There's so much to learn out there. It's addicting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think that with the pandemic and COVID, I think that's what a lot of us have realized is that we have all the time, like now currently to just learn. Mm -hmm. I feel like some of us just, uh, like you said, kind of like spiral into it, just like start finding all these things to learn and do. And, um, I feel like that's one of the reasons, like now I feel like a lot of content creators kind of have like disappeared since the pandemic happened or they won't post as much, but I feel like you're one of the only ones that are like super consistent. And you're like constantly in my feed, not just because we like to talk, <laughs> but because you're, you're actually posting shit like all the time.
0: Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think like the biggest tip is just like consistency. And I'm more of like a slow burner for me. It was always like, just be consistent over time. I wasn't in a rush to get anywhere, which does work for some people. I think sometimes, especially on YouTube, you can see people who are like instant successes who grow by a hundred thousand subscribers in a couple of months, which is like fucking amazing. But I was always like slow and steady. like And it depends on what you want out of all this too. Like everybody can have a different intention and reason for doing it. And me, my end goal is to work in this industry professionally. So I was like, I'm not in a rush. I'm building a foundation for hopefully a very long career. But I would just stay consistent. Keep going. Keep posting. Even though you get no comments in the beginning or very, very low views, like it will grow over time. And right now, like you mentioned, is tricky. I think a lot of content creators have taken a break. I'm sure we'll see people come right back as soon as like events and stuff come back. But for some people, they just moved on right now. And then the search traffic and things will go back up. Because I think we all saw a hit when this pandemic first started. It was a little scary, but I think it's going to start going back up very soon. We might have some events next month. So we'll see what happens. Right.
1: And I wanted to ask you, so I've noticed that some influencers, content creators, whatever, they're kind of going a different route. I feel like a lot of people are kind of changing their niche. Not that mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with that. For me, it's just, that's just not my niche is to do like everyday fashion, skincare, makeup. That's totally cool. It's just not me. But what what do you think about that like influencers or content creators that have gone from like full blown raving content to more of like that like influencer fashion makeup niche, oh, like more modeling kind of thing. More modeling, more of like that typical Instagram content creator that you see. That it's it, like you look at it and you're like, this. I didn't know this girl is a raver type of thing. I feel like a lot of influencers are doing that, and a part of me understands but
0: doesn't understand if that
1: makes sense.
0: Yeah. I think, I guess it just depends. Cause I do think this past year, we saw a lot of people shift just because like it, it is harder to like come up with content from scratch when like the thing we were creating content around was kind of like taken away. So I do think it, made sense this past year for some people to like pivot or change altogether. Or like we said, maybe take a break and like not do the social media thing anymore. Um, but I think honestly, just like whatever floats your boat, I think definitely think about who, what, what audience you are trying to attract, you know, maybe what brand deals you're trying to get, like just really think about the audience you want to create and the people you want to work with. Um, because your content should probably reflect that. And Yeah. I think that's what I think, but it depends. It depends on what you want to attract and what kind of community you want to grow and all that kind of stuff. But I would say the thing that could like separate you or make you stand apart is just to try and come up with. We talked about this in the course like, try and come up with unique ideas, unique series. Again, be consistent and try and like come up with some original ideas that will like separate you from other people. Cause there's a lot of people trying to do the same thing right now, which, which makes it really hard. It can feel like a really like saturated space to be in, but there are definitely ways that you can stand out amongst all of the rest.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, no, I definitely agree with that for sure. I think that it, it might be one of those things where it's like festivals come back and people will go back to like the raving content but mm-hmm. I was thinking about like maybe this is from a business standpoint you know there's definitely more sponsors for things like not, I don't want to say like generic but things that aren't rave related I feel mm-hmm. like um, it's easier to to appeal to the masses when you're doing something that everyone will like versus something so specific like raving content but who knows? I mean, I, it, not that any of this is bad. It, I just, it's just something that I noticed with a lot of creators. So I always was wondering like, why are they doing this? Or are they trying to create a different brand? Why are they changing their name from this to this? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. There's just been, I think so many different changes, uh, within like the rave community. But, mm-hmm. um, speaking of change, um, like what are some of the changes that you anticipate coming with like festival season in terms of anything really like festivals themselves or
0: um, how festivals do things? Yeah, it's a good question. I think, I think a lot is up in the air right now, just from speaking to like festival producers and things like that. I think everybody's kind of like just trying to figure out what to do. And it Right now, all I say is like, there doesn't seem to be like a blanket answer or solution because everything has been so different on a state to state level. So I do one thing. I feel like everybody's comfort level is just going to be different because I think no matter what, as things open up, some people are going to like not be about it at all. I think there's people on the complete other end of the spectrum because I see the comments all the time who are like, I'm ready to go. Like, I don't even care. So it's like so hard when you have such different points of view. And I'm not saying any is right or wrong. Um, But I think like somebody's got to be the first. It looks like um, a BW next month might be like one of the first big music festivals that attempts it. But I think for the meantime, we're going to see just wear your mask and try and be really good and responsible about it. Um, Especially if you're going to be like flying and traveling. I'm still sure I'm, I do want to get vaccinated as soon as I can. New Jersey is actually moving pretty quickly with the vaccine. It seems like, oh, um, when are you, when are they going to start doing everybody? Do you know? I don't, I'm not sure. I know like Biden just came out and said like all adults should be eligible by the end of March in New Jersey, a, a large, chunk of like professionals just got it. So all all teachers and things like that were just approved and I forget what else, but they're going by profession right now, I think with a lot of people or age if you're older. Um, So a lot of my friends who are teachers are going to get vaccinated soon and stuff like that. But in general, I think we'll see in the very early stages, probably like COVID testing or vaccination status check, I think. Um, I've heard a lot of like health protocols inside so like cleaning down the bathrooms way 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 more hand sanitizing stations like all oh, that kind of for stuff. a line I know There's I was, I was like line. I'm kind of here for the clean bathrooms all right we should have been <laughs> doing that <Yeah>. already <laughs> but um yeah I don't know I'm definitely the first festival I think I have on the books is a much much smaller festival it's Elements Lakewood which is labor oh, are you going I'm, I'm like 99% sure I'm going to do that one. And that's a camping festival and it's only like 5,000 people and they already had it in 2020. They had like a two-step COVID testing system that worked for them. So I'm like very confident, but we'll see what happens with EDC. Technically, I have tickets to EDC, so. Girl, me too.
1: Yeah, me too. yeah with Elements, I think that was a good call because I think that festivals that happen for the first time um, even like pre-COVID, I feel like those festivals always have like little um, like nooks and crannies that they got to like kind of fix and tidy mm-hmm. up since it's like their first one. But since it's their second, it's going to be their second festival, I think that they're going to have uh, like an idea of how to gauge things and how to be organized and what to do. I think that's what a lot of these festivals are going to kind of struggle with, I think, because mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be like completely new protocols, different ways of doing things, um, and then they're going to have to like handle people being on drugs, not wearing their masks. Like it's going to be a completely different ballpark mm-hmm. for sure. And yep. In terms of EDC, uh, I feel like that's that's what everyone's talking about right now, and I I think that's going to be pushed back, whether it be June or October.
0: Mm-hmm. But I do I
1: it, like in my heart, I feel like it's going to happen.
0: I think it'll happen this year 100% but I'm uh, yeah we'll chat later. I have a feeling it might be in fall as well.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: we'll talk about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it,
1: and that's totally cool. I mean, I I'm so praying for Forest dude. I know we talked about this last time on your podcast, I but I haven't really heard anything about Forest, but
0: maybe that's a good thing that we haven't heard anything, right? Like, you know, yeah. Pretty- and they said, I mean, they never came out and said anything, but I, I just love this community, how on it they are and like Reddit and stuff, because they literally follow the like town council meetings and they're like the Rothbury in Michigan, like town council meeting approved backup dates. So like that was out publicly. And I know mm-hmm. I wrote them down on my calendar. It was like two weeks in August, I think that were approved as backup dates. So maybe we'll be lucky and maybe electric force will happen. It'll just be later in the summer. <laughs> it's all hearsay. We have no idea.
1: Yeah, that's the thing too. I was like, oh my God, all these festivals are probably going to happen like on the same weekend. I feel like a lot of us are going to have different brutal. conflicts. Yeah, yep. um, I know Excision, he came out with that post recently about uh, Base Canyon and Los Angeles tickets coming out on sale mm-hmm. this week. And I was actually thinking about going to uh, Base Canyon, but then I was like, wait, like force is supposed to happen like mm-hmm. sometime within the same exact
0: month. And then not usually nocturnals the same month too. Oh my God. And I'm so type A, like I do not do things last minute. And this year, this is just like forcing us to be so last minute with everything. And so, yeah, you really just can't plan or anything like that. You just have to send it. Or if you really know you want to go, just buy your ticket and like, you'll obviously roll it over and use it at some point, but. Right. It's true. It just, it totally messes up. Like
1: Booking flights or Airbnbs or hotels. That's the only thing that I'm kind of worried about. But yeah, um, that will definitely be interesting. I just can't believe that we might like that it's gonna happen. Like schools are coming back. It almost doesn't <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like in denial about mm-hmm. it. So like I read about it, but I'm just like, but is it really gonna happen?
0: I don't know. I feel yeah. like this year was just so full of shocking news. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, when I spoke to the uh, founders of elements, the, again, like it's just hard because they're a boutique festival or they're a smaller festival. Like it's only 5,000 patrons versus like 80,000 or whatever the bigger ones are. And I think the biggest things it comes down to is the cost of those like rapid tests are so expensive to have them at the gate for that many people. But the way they said it, that it happened last year, like Which made me feel more comforted. I was like, "Oh my god!" But what happens if you get to the gate and you test positive? And they were like, "Well, it's a two step. It's a two step system. So you take your first one within 48 hours, and the chance, and if that's going to weed out most of the people, because if you test positive, then you're not going to show up. So if you test negative for the first one, you you're not going to go anywhere for two straight days. You're going to stay in your house." And that so that you can go to this festival. So he was like the percentage that tested positive at the gate were like 0.0015% or something like that. Cause that first one. And then he said, I was like, well, what were the vibes like going in? You know, were people still nervous or like, I would be a little. And he was like, it was immaculate. It felt like people could enjoy themselves again. They had the peace of mind that we created this bubble. And he said it was awesome. So I, that, that gives me hope that it is possible. And there are ways to figure it out. But again, everyone's comfort level is different. I live alone with my fiance, like I could quarantine before and after a festival and things like that. People who live with immunocompromised family members or older relatives, like I completely understand them being upset because if they don't feel comfortable going to a festival this year, it sucks that they would have to miss it. But
1: right. Tough. But at the same time, I feel like that's everyone's kind of like their individual responsibility mm-hmm. in terms of, okay, well, if you know that you, you have like immunocompromised family, then why would you even go? I yeah. mean, again, this is like so black and white. I don't mean to I like know. cause any controversy, but I feel like at that point that's on you, mm-hmm. but I get it. It's been a year. You're going crazy. We all need to decompress, de-stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night I went out with family, um, to Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas. And I haven't been there in like a year. And their little light show was going on like with that little giant tent that they have on Fremont Street. And they were playing dubstep. Who would have thought? And (laughs) like my boyfriend and I, we just looked at each other like, oh my God, because we haven't been to like Mm -hmm. a drive-in rave. So that was like the closest thing to like, even hearing loud music, like loud bass to the point where you could feel Mm -hmm. it like in your heart. And it just... Throbs, and I haven't had that feeling in over years. So I was like, I can't imagine what the first festival back will even feel like if this is
0: what this touristy environment feels like to me right now. Oh man, it literally—I like don't think people understand. Like, it gives me goosebumps. Like, I don't think any of us. I, 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 just told who to like vibe with eight about this. I think I had a dream that I went back to EDC. It was so funny. Like I had a dream I was there. It was like a broken down, busted ass EDC. Like it was not the production but I was so excited and I was watching Seven Lions and I had my mask on in my dream and I was just sobbing, crying, watching Seven Lions on main stage at EDC. And then I go to leave the festival and I like look around. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot to vlog the whole day. In my dream, I said, I forgot to vlog. I'm like, this is my content creator brain. I was like, screw it. whatever. I was enjoying myself. Like I was in the moment. It's irrelevant. I'll vlog tomorrow. <laughs> no and you
1: know what that sounds like something that might happen to a lot of people. It, I think your yep. subconscious mm-hmm. was kind of correct on that that you're just going to be so in shock in a moment. Mm-hmm. That is so crazy that they even dreamed that cuz that seems I like, know
0: real. <laughs> That's yeah, literally I feel like what would a lot happen. I'm going to are me. Gonna forget. And the yeah. crying part
1: too, crying at seven lines. I think everyone's done
0: that. I just think the feelings because ever I think I don't know. I'm sure like people actually have like PTSD after this and stuff like that because you you felt like your lowest lows before. I mean, there were months there where you would just like start bursting out crying for no damn reason. You're like, why the hell am I in such like a weird mood? But I think oh, yeah. to go from that to how we're gonna feel after this, it's just like it's gonna be unreal. I can't I can't even imagine no, none of us have ever experienced something like this in our lifetime. so we, I don't think we can like put words to it.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I think that's what's going to make this so special. And I don't know. I mean, there's just so much newness coming out of this too. Like those all-inclusive festivals, which I I think those are still happening. Cruises, like Groove Cruise, I don't know if that's even going to take place anymore. I don't even know if I, I'm not even sure how to feel about cruises at this point because a part of me has always wanted to go. But now part of me is like but is it safe yeah but i'm like oh, i'm vaccinated whatever
0: yeah but if you i was going to say if you're vaccinated or if they like did pretty decent testing before that i would again feel like okay they've created this bubble of people that have all been tested or vaccinated so i would feel fine <laughs> at that point right right um
1: oh gosh i don't know well yeah it's 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 crazy it's just so crazy mhm um so the other thing too, that, um, I noticed you teamed up with, uh, with Michael Julian, right. For, mm-hmm. um, your guys's new podcast festival insider. Um, yep. I wanted to ask you what, like, what made you guys want to start that? Cause I was like, this is such a cool concept and it's different.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. It's been a dream. It's literally been a dream come true. I can't even tell you. Um, it was just one of those really crazy, I don't know if anybody else is into this woo stuff, but like I've definitely become more of like a spiritual person this past year, and it was just one of those things that like he came into my life literally out of nowhere in December, like around Christmas time. He just found my content online, and was had needed help with content at the time. He was like, Hey, I've got this thing going on over here with festival advisor and festival insider. And you know, I have this idea for this podcast and like, you're kind of already doing that thing. And he is somebody who's been in the, he's been a promoter and been in the industry for 20 years. And he was like, you've got more of the perspective of like the fan and the community, which is really cool. And I want to link them both up because I think basically he was like promoters and festival producers and people in in the industry should listen to the fans more and be connected to them and vice versa fans. And everybody should have a better understanding of how much work and like all these things going in behind the scenes to put on these shows, which I totally agree with. And I was like, Oh my God, this sounds amazing. And yeah. And then we put it together pretty quickly. I mean, he knows so many people. So he's had invited the most incredible guests on Um, and I think I've already learned so much too. Like you really do hear how much work is going on behind the scenes to put together these events. We're talking to artists about their stories and things like that. And I'm trying to ask questions from like our perspective, from like a fan's perspective, like things we would want to know. Um, so it's been like unreal, unreal so far. We have some amazing guests coming up.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. that I actually listened to um the most recent one that I listened to was the one about like like content creators and like festivals and Mm -hmm. the significance of them uh for festivals and I thought that one was really interesting and I think one of the things that came up too was like you being counted as media like in Mm -hmm. terms
0: of
1: like actual media that would get like someone that would get like a media pass, like, and Mm -hmm. I I just remember you saying something like some events do consider you media, which I could, I definitely consider you media, especially because social media is Mm -hmm. ginormous. So I was like, that's really weird that they wouldn't like consider you media, quote unquote. But um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that and why you think that is and
0: what you think should change? Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm super passionate about this. I think I think it is changing um I loved doing that episode. We were talking a little bit about like festivals and, you know, different events in the dance music community basically working with influencers and like who is an influencer that will actually make sense for your brand versus like are you picking somebody and paying them and like their audience doesn't even make sense for your festival. So we were talking a little bit about that. But yeah, for media passes and stuff, I just think there's so many incredible smaller creators, I guess you call like micro-influencers, festival content creators, whatever you want to say, who have amazing voices and content and i always say like i'm a huge obviously fan of youtube i watch youtube all the time and i think a lot of people who attend events the first thing they do is they look it up on youtube because they want to see what the experience is actually like like the after movies the festivals put out are amazing and they get you so hype but they don't show you okay how long does it take to walk from here to here or how long how much do the drinks cost what's security like And a lot of these vloggers and content creators like capture that side. So I feel like you see the more realistic side Um, and they get a lot of views as well. So it's, it's crazy to me. I think it's changing, but a lot of the bigger festivals, yeah, you have to apply for media online and it will ask you like, what's your website? How many content views do you get? Like all these crazy questions. Um, and i remember filling out some of the forms being like i'm not going to get accepted they're going to laugh at this or they're going to think this is like a joke and then some festivals did um say yes and took a chance and those were amazing so yeah he and i were just saying i hope that it you know changes and that they take yeah content creators a little bit more seriously i do think on the flip side though if you are a content creator i do think like any professional like a photographer or videographer you should have a portfolio so you should Prove that you have like a consistent amount of content. You don't just have like two vlogs on your channel from a year ago. You know, like you should have a, a clear, like, okay, they consistently post, they clearly have an audience here. Like, I do think that's important as well. But, anyways, end rant. I think that festivals should take content creators seriously.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, I do agree with that
1: 100%. And I think one of the things that a lot of people get kind of frustrated with is that they see, like certain content creators or influencers getting chosen, but they don't necessarily know why or why other people didn't get chosen or why why is it like the same ones? And I mean, that can be like a different range of things from like knowing like the event thrower personally or I feel like sometimes too, like you don't really know what they're looking for in terms of, is it a certain metric? Is it engagement? Mm -hmm. Is it um, like a certain look that they're promoting. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people had issues with, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's kind of like from a business standpoint, like what are they looking for too? So I feel like it can be kind of, um, it's not really black and white. I feel like there's a lot of gray areas because you have to think that, you know, they're a business.
0: Yeah. I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think it just depends on the event and things like that. I think if it's, an event company or, you know, festival producers, marketing teams, I think if they're smart, they should really look at their audience and say like, who would be a good representation of our brand? Like who has a voice, whose audience would resonate with us that would want to come and like whose audience would enjoy our festival or show or things like that. Because I think there are so many incredible small creators who have really high engagement rates or like their audience really listens to them and trust their opinion. And I think that's like more important. Um, but at the flip side, I think you do have like smaller events who probably just want to pick influencers with really big followings because they wa- they think that that will just get their name out there further. But again, I don't know if there are really numbers to back up if that like influencer that they paid a lot of money actually drove ticket sales to their event. So mm-hmm. it's, it, yeah, it's it's tricky to figure out.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, that that that's like a whole completely different story, but in mm-hmm. terms of like content creators being considered media, um I feel like that should be a no-brainer too, especially because um like not to hate EDC or anything, but you know, usually their uh, motto or their saying their slogan is um the most important headliner is you. Mm-hmm. So I-, I feel like they I feel like the majority of people would want to have content explaining a festival, um, you know, like how long it takes to get there, what the lines are like um, from a a festival goers perspective, because I don't know how many times I've Googled like electric forest, like what to expect. Do you need bug spray? Like just mm-hmm. stuff like that, because in the end, um, it's hard to get that information from someone from someone in general, because usually you yeah. get that from vloggers, like on YouTube, like you said.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I totally agree. And I think with some of those really, really big events, like I'm pretty sure with Insomniac events, I haven't never looked on their site, but yeah, to me, there's such big festivals that I think they already have media covered for the most part. So they have like professional photographers and videographers and things like that. And I can imagine how many people would want to be applying for, yeah, like media passes and stuff. So I don't see them working too much, but you never know. I mean, there were some things I know, um, electric forest does, I haven't been yet, but I know they do different workshops and speakers and things like that. And they were, um, launching a creative program or something like that, that, um, would have been really, really cool. So we'll see in the future. You never know it's possible. Yeah.
1: That's the thing too. I feel like now you just never know so just take that risk and apply take that risk and talk to that brand or that event I feel like yeah there are some like instances where it's like okay they're only gonna pick certain people for blah 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 reasons but mm-hmm. I feel like it I feel like now things are are changing so much and I, I I don't god like this term I like I love it but I hate it but I feel like like I feel like we're in that era of being more woke, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And with being woke, there comes some pros and cons, but I feel like a lot of it is good. A lot of it is bad too. A lot of mm-hmm. it is bad, but a lot of it I think is really important for sure. So, I mean, so many things are changing within the EDM scene.
0: So we'll mm-hmm. we'll ride this one out together, I guess. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say too is like, if I can do it, you can fucking do it. That's the other thing. I was just like, I'm just... I really just want to help people and like create videos. Cause like I made mistakes at festivals and like I was, that's literally why I started my YouTube channel. I was looking up how to prepare for EDC Las Vegas. And there were like literally two channels that I can remember that had videos. Like there was almost nothing on it. And that's why I was like, Oh, like, why is there nothing on here? Like people must be looking for this. Um, but anyways, like even Instagram, TikTok, whatever it is, like you can make enough noise on your own and create enough like awesome content that people take notice of you. And that's kind of how I felt. I was like, oh, at this point, I just want to create enough content so that I can be taken seriously or, you know, work for a festival or do something like that. So whatever your like motivation is, you know, some people just want free festival tickets. Some people want free clothes, whatever your motivation is, like it is what it is, but you can do it. You can do the damn thing. You can make your own content. And that's, what's really cool is like, that. that's why I love digital courses. Like that's why I love people working from home, working for themselves. Like you literally have the power to build a business or build whatever from scratch on your own. So don't feel like you see all these other people getting tickets or doing whatever it is or, you know, creating a name for themselves. Like you can do the damn thing too. So do it, start.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're the prime example of that. I mean, uh, ladies and gentlemen, she does everything. I don't know what she <laughs> doesn't do. So I, yeah, you manage like several social media accounts as well, because you do have rave culture cast. So mm-hmm. um no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that um a lot of the times like people like with all these algorithm changes, I'll just want to give up. But mm-hmm. um, it just goes to show because I know that you started your YouTube in what, like, twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. and yep. it's been all, what, four years
0: now. So, and yeah, I think yesterday was my four year anniversary. I missed it. I just realized that. <gasps> yes. oh <my> God. <laughs> I think it was Happy March fourteenth. Anniversary. Thanks. I totally That's forgot about awesome. that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: how how does that make you feel like looking at your your YouTube? Which I feel like. Yeah. Some people it's really easy to grow on there, but Mm -hmm. um, I feel like for me, it's, it's difficult and like you, you, I feel like you've come such a long way and it's really like inspiring to see that.
0: Thank you, girl. It's weird. I mean, I think the biggest thing, like, and I've said this to like people in the course and stuff like that is like, obviously everyone knows time just flies. So if you're thinking about like putting something off or like you'll get to it eventually, like I always just say like, start now. It doesn't have to be perfect. Like start your channel, start your podcast because you get better with each and everything you do. And I didn't think four years would fly by this friggin' quickly, but I'm so glad I started when I did. So same thing goes for now. Like start this weekend and just start posting and putting videos out there. Um, I think... You just have to keep trying things too. And yeah, like I said, my growth was slower some years. And then 2019 was a really big year for me. That's when I did like six festivals that year. Um, and I grew a lot on YouTube in that particular year. And then obviously in 2020, it was like much, much, much slower because people weren't searching for the festival stuff. But that's those are the moments where you have to just like stay consistent and pick a topic that you're really, really passionate about because then you won't get sick of creating content you'll always have new ideas to to pop up so I'm glad I picked a topic I'm passionate about
1: Yeah and that's the thing too it's like I know that you know like going back to what was said earlier like people kind of changing their niches but I feel like if you've picked a niche that you are super passionate about I feel like there's no way that you could go wrong with it if that makes sense because for a while I was like, do I want my name to be bass drop princess forever? Like, is this Mm -hmm. what I want to be known for? You know, I kind of dubbed myself the princess of bass drops. I I just really love dubstep. Yeah. And like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, maybe I should change it. You know, a lot of people tend to change their names to their real names Mm -hmm. and which is completely fine. But I feel like, you know, this is something that really defines me. And even if I do get older, I like, I don't necessarily see it as being childish or dumb I feel mm-hmm. like it's more of um a part of who I am and I mean I've had this this name for like since college since I was like 19 so like 11 That's years awesome. now yeah wow. and um I think like you said like you just have to keep going I remember when I hit 10k on Instagram and I was like what is this this is <laughs> like this is crazy and the thing is it's it's cool but it's not like I feel like a lot of people think that your life will change significantly <laughs> after you reach like a certain number. Um, I actually had a joke about it that I wanted to create like a, a doc, a documentary called life after 10 K and then <laughs> day one would be like day one, I'm still poor. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, yeah I, I think that people do have like some misconceptions about social media, but, mm-hmm. um, no, like what you said, like you just have to get going and start now. And um, yeah, you've definitely been one of my inspirations in terms of like starting YouTube, starting a podcast. So um, it's really great to see that you're continuing like all of this now, like the most weirdest time,
0: like in the world. And here you you are. Thank you, girl. I was going to say too. Yeah. Like with the numbers and stuff like that, I will say, I try to just, you just can't take it personally and you can't like equate yourself to your numbers because they're gonna go like this. And if you like get super excited when they're high, you're gonna get super down when they're low. So you kind of just need to like remove your like personal value from them. And just like, I know Vibe with Aid says this a lot, like treat things like an experiment. And once I changed to that mm. mentality, I was like, it's all figuring this stuff out. Like post things, see how they do well, test, adjust. And I remember that I literally remember, I forget the exact numbers, but there were two milestones I hit Like it was either 10,000 on YouTube and maybe like 15,000 on something. And I remember those were like, I was sobbing those days because I was in just a bad mood or not in a good place. And I was like, it's really funny how you hit these milestones that people would think would make you really happy. But I specifically remember there were two times where I hit a milestone and I was actually in like the worst headspace. So it definitely does not equate to anything else. But I was going to ask you with the podcast, what made you finally take the leap too? Like what made you finally be like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to record the first episode. I'm putting this thing out there.
1: You know what? um, Because I remember thinking about it for a while. I remember um, Desmond from the Files, like kind of interviewing me. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, this is so awesome. But during uh, COVID, I actually found my love for comedy, for podcasts. And that was just my way of coping since um, I never stopped working. I work in healthcare. So it was it was a lot to take in. And I just, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it because I have a webcam mm-hmm. I can follow instructions. And if, if this thing is successful, it, it's successful. If not, that's okay. Cause I want to share my love for candy and I mm-hmm. just love how it makes me feel. And I think a lot of people are going to have fun reminiscing on candy and like, what it's like to trade and that feeling you get after um, receiving and, you know, making that special connection with someone. Mm -hmm. And um, I think what it is too is with COVID, I think a lot of us are just like, just do it. Fuck it. Because Mm -hmm. you never know when something's going to get taken away from you. So I think that's kind of what happened um, with with me, I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it. Mm Yeah. And that's awesome. See what happens. Yeah. I think that's the thing too, is you just have to, to get yourself to do it. You can't just put it on the back burner forever. I mean, if you do, that's okay. But Mm -hmm. one day you have to just push it out there.
0: Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I think like there's different formats that work for everybody. Like you said, you're super passionate about podcasts and you love them. I'm the same way. Like I just love listening to them. And I was also always obsessed with YouTube. But I think try different things too, because I know a lot of people struggle on TikTok or like Instagram's really frustrating right now. Telling so if one, me. yeah, like if one format isn't working out, like you might just be better off on a different one and they're all rewarding and like they all have their different frustrations. But yeah, I say like, maybe try not to spread yourself too thin, but maybe like try, try out different platforms if that's what you're into. I mean, I, I, on the flip side, think that this isn't for everybody too. So that's okay if you try and decide you don't want to do it. That's totally fine as well.
1: Yeah, I remember um, like asking uh, some people to be a guest on Best Candy Ever. And I just remember, um, I think I mentioned it to you that like I got yeah. ghosted and it was just left on red. <laughs> and then I was like, hold on, Renee. Like you have to remember that some people don't want to be interviewed and recorded. And a lot of people get really nervous and it may not be that you're like really, really like small on YouTube or that they don't like the podcast. It might just be that they don't want to be interviewed. And I mm-hmm. feel like a lot of us forget that. Yeah. Um, which I'm always like, oh yeah, I forget that people aren't like talkative like me and want to say everything that's on their minds. Like a lot of people are also very private, which I respect. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And even with like vlogging and stuff like that, like it, I feel like it sometimes depends on where you live. Like I'm way more comfortable now vlogging at a show than I was, but like in front of my family, I'm weird about it. <laughs> I don't know why. Like I'm just weird in front of my family when I vlog because it's like not funny to them, but I think like they just make fun of it or like it's just weird for them to see me vlogging. But some things just feel uncomfortable in the beginning too. And I like with anything, it just takes time and practice. So you just have to keep, keep doing it until it feels comfortable.
1: <laughs> yeah. So do you like, does your family like fully know like what you do? And I'm guessing like they're, if they do know about it, they're, they're like accepting of it and
0: are just like, do your thing. Yeah. N- no, they, they always were supportive of it, but they're super proud now with everything going on. Like they, they, know what I want to do and it's funny like no, no one in my family is like into dance music but my mom really? wants to go to a show with me at some point but like they're starting to get to know about it and I tell them about like the interviews and my mom's super supportive she was like on clubhouse on some of the panels I, you <laughs> I was on she's like oh on clubhouse gosh. listening <laughs> she was on clubhouse wow you are your mother's yeah. daughter if she was mm. on clubhouse <laughs> yeah well I told her to get on it she like knew I was doing these like panels with the festival with Michael Julian and stuff like that and she was like oh I'll I'll sign on and I'll listen so she definitely yeah she definitely supports and kind of follows along with some of the some of the stuff going on so yeah it's funny (laughs) oh that's so cool that reminds me of
1: like artists like when their families are like backstage and they can see them and they're Mm -hmm. just like really proud that's a your mom just reminded me of like just being proud of a little girl doing
0: her thing it's like dance music on all the time (laughs) are you that way or do you listen to stuff outside of it (laughs) Um, so my
1: boyfriend and I listen to a lot of Rufus, Rufus the soul. Mm -hmm. We're obsessed and yeah. You like Rufus too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're, they're EDM, but they're not, they're like this electronic band at the same time. And, um, we, we love it because it's, it's perfect for any occasion. Like if you're sad, you're in the car, you're on vacation, you're going to work either way, it's just going to lift your mood up and, Um, I do listen to lots of dubstep and lots of EDM in general, but a lot of Mm -hmm. the times Rufus is playing because it just, those feel good vibes are just, I feel like a lot of times um, people have that certain artist that they play all the time, whether it be, you know, Mm -hmm. seven lines above and beyond or excision. But for us, for these past, uh, past couple of months, it's been Rufus ever since they put their Joshua Tree live at Joshua Tree up on YouTube that has, that just inspired us both. Right? Yeah, um, to the point where we even went out to Joshua Tree for a couple of days because we were just so oh,
0: that's awesome,
1: captivated by them. Yeah, and they actually live there too, which I didn't know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so Damn. like the whole time I was like, I oh, hope we run into them at this Walmart. <laughs> There's like only one Walmart in Joshua Tree. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, there are some days, I don't know, like obviously you and I are into podcasts. Like I definitely find myself some days like just binge listening to like content and YouTube videos and like streaming shows and all of that. And then there are some days it'll just come over me and I'll just listen to sets or music or like I'll pick an artist I love and just listen to their Spotify the whole day. And I will literally just like, get up and physically like dance, jump around, pretend I'm like at the set and like just need to get it out. And then there are those days where I'm like, oh my God, I freaking love this music so, so much. I This week, this past weekend, I randomly clicked on Zed's Dead's um, Electric Forest 2019 set and I was just like in the zone. I felt like I was there and it just like transported me to a place. So there are some times you just like your soul needs to hear a good set. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what, that, God, that, that that's what a lot of us are doing right now. I feel like that's how I felt when I put on um, Excision Subsidia set. And mm-hmm. I was just like, like it makes you forget. And I think that's, what's really Mm -hmm. cool about um, like podcasts and sets because it just makes you forget and it, it tells a story and it just sucks you in. I feel like it's almost like a, um, not a dream, but you're you're just taken away. You're just blasted Mm -hmm. off into this other dimension and um, you're, you're just somewhere else. And that's, what it's all about. And like you said, there are definitely some days where, um, like Spotify is just on all the time on different artists, but other days I'm just binge listening to, um, Tim Dillon or this, there's this new podcast Mm -hmm. called Bloodbath. It's this all girl podcast. And, um, I mean, maybe it's because I haven't really seen a lot of my friends. So podcasts make me feel like I'm with friends all the time Mm -hmm. listening to conversations, but, um, at the end of the day, I feel like it's just something that we're, that we both love. And um, Mm
0: -hmm. I don't know. I feel like podcasts are just the new thing and I feel like they're here to stay. hundred percent. Oh my God. I love, yeah. There's always like new ones to to find out in different categories. And like, like you said, you're into comedy. I would say like podcasts for me too, are definitely not music related. They're like completely different categories of content too. But yeah, I'm so there with you on the sets. I feel like I'm sure anybody listening to this you know who loves music festivals it's just that's like the my happy place the place I feel the most alive and that feeling you get like I just always say like you're never more present than in that moment like it's all that matters is literally the set the people around you like you're all there having this experience together and you just feel so like alive in that moment so yeah I'll put on a 7 Lions set or an Eric Prydz set and just totally zone in and that's why I'm like I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> the first seven lines set back. Like I will genuinely be sobbing. It's gonna be really bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember seeing him um escape 20 2018. Yeah, 2018. And he was there and my my good friend Timmy, we were watching Seven Lions and we were so lit. And he was playing like all of his most like super feelsy songs, like Rush Over Me and mm-hmm. Um you know, just like those really feel good songs. And I remember looking at my friend Timmy and I remember grabbing him and telling him, can you believe how lucky we lucky we are to be here <laughs> at this moment in time where Seven yeah. Lines is actually touring and playing live? Like so many people are going to want to see him live. Like they'll discover mm-hmm. him years from now and he won't be touring anymore or he yeah. won't be making music anymore. Yet here we are so lucky and so like, not necessarily ungrateful, but we don't think about how amazing this is. And, um, it was just one of those moments where it was like, like, we're here. Like we can say that we're, that we saw him live, like in his prime. And, um, yeah, seven lines is just a whole different genre too.
0: He's mm-hmm. You just made me think too. I have my, my, one of my perlers in front of me for one of my favorite artists. And like, a little, a little emotional, but yeah, I feel that same way. Cause I have like my IO perler, which my friend Becca made for me. And like, that's Hi. how I feel too. Like IO was my last show before COVID. It was like, I think it was March 8th, 2020. And yeah. And he passed in November, which like still physically pains me and was hit me really, really hard. And I just, it just breaks my heart. And I feel lo- literally lucky to have seen him several times because I know there's so many people who love him who didn't have the chance to see him. And I just think about things like that. And I'm so grateful that that I had those opportunities and have so many good memories with like his sets and his music. And I feel lucky that my last show was his show. It was actually Daylight Savings last year, now that I think about it, because it was weird. He started his set and then the clocks changed and like it was supposed whatever it was like 1 a.m. all of a sudden and he played And like I had to leave at some point because he was still playing at like 4 30 in the morning. <laughs> I was just like, I um, need to where, call the where night this at? in New York at um King's Hall in Brooklyn. Oh, that is awesome. So it was unreal. Can um can you actually bring that pearly rack up? I want to like see yeah. it. Yeah, we'll show it up close. Yeah, she's so she, Becca brought this to the show and like she's amazing so the necklace like has two of his song names on it and she like gave this to me before the show and i was like "Um, unreal unreal i love him so much yeah she did such a good job somebody asked me like to take a photo of this because i guess there's not that many io um templates or pearlers online so i need to upload that to pinterest or something if people want to recreate it oh that's so cool what songs um like are on there we have parental advisory is on here and then oh, it just says "Techno Technobabe on it, but we oh, love that's it. that's super cute. Yeah, so, so good. So I actually, I have that hanging and then I have this other one, which happens to be from Becca as well. She's just so good at making pearlers. My skill level is not there yet, but we did a video on my channel. Gosh, it must've been like two years ago now where we swapped, we made pearlers for each other and she made me this, which is oh a millennium seven lion's perler combination, unreal. Like her skill level. And also she put like, I don't know if you can see, this is a rose in the middle there because I'm obsessed with roses. Oh, wow. That's so detailed. She's unreal. So I have these two. They hang like on my like little vanity just because I like to look at them. I need to figure out a way to display my perlers. I really want to hang them on my wall just because I want to look at all of them. Yeah, no,
1: I love that. That's so
0: beautiful. Um, actually, can you bring that Elenium
1: back? Yeah. Elenium one back up and kind of like describe to, um, people that are just listening.
0: (laughs) I'm the worst. Yeah. So she did a combination. So it's like the seven lions logo. Um, but at the very top of it, it morphs into like the Elenium, um, logo as well. What is this? A Phoenix? I always forget. But um, yeah, and it's beautiful. And she did like my favorite color. So the Elenium one is these turquoise, like aqua colors. And then Seven Lines is all rainbow. But she did like rose petals in his hair, which is so unreal. It's huge. This is like absolutely massive. It's like the size of my chest. But and she does the most beautiful because um, I feel like when I do necklaces, I just do like the simplest design. But she did this like double layered flower pattern so it feels like a really sturdy necklace as well which is really really nice um so she ab- absolutely killed it with that
1: wow she's she's phenomenal like mega that talented h- yeah hybrid perler um i i can't even because it, at first i thought it was just lenium. i didn't realize that the seven lions mm-hmm. like line was in there and then the craftsmanship on the necklace itself is um so good yeah that's amazing oh my gosh Yeah, I I wish
0: I took out more, but I've had like so many subscribers and stuff give me Perlers at festivals and things like that. And I want to cry every single time. Like they're just so thoughtful to me. It melts my heart, seriously. And people are so talented. I can't wait to like have another candy and Perler session. That's like a tradition before a a festival is coming up. So it's been a while.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, no, candy parties for sure. I Mm -hmm. cannot wait, but um yeah, I can only imagine. I'm sure that you that people probably like make all these custom candies for you. Like, I I can definitely relate to like what you mean when you say it makes you want to cry because it's like they took that time and that effort mm-hmm. to create that for you, and it's like you're at least for me. I'm mm-hmm. like it's just me. I'm just this normal girl who <laughs> who uh, somehow tricked everyone into following her. Or just yeah. <laughs> listening to her her podcast and sorry, Tuco is like kitty thing up. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. Tuco the cat is here, everybody. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. I feel like people are gonna go nuts when they see you like at a festival. I feel like people are gonna like come running over and they're just gonna like hug you and want to talk to you and.
0: Um, So weird. Well, all the meetups are going to be. So that's my favorite thing. Like I loved, I didn't do that early on, but then I'd say probably definitely in 2019, even 2018. If I remember my first meetup, like I love meetups because it's just so fucking chaotic at festivals and things like that. And like this serendipity of meeting people in the crowd is the best feeling, but I definitely want to plan more meetups. And I think those are just such a fun opportunity to finally like pick a time and place and see people in person that you've been chatting with online a lot. So definitely want to do a whole bunch of meetups when we go back, but you didn't trick people into following you. First of all, you are an authentic (laughs) creator and you're sharing your passions. And I feel like those are the, like, I just feel like you can tell, like you can get that energy even through a screen when people know like you're being yourself and you're passionate about something. So you should be proud.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Emma. That, I really appreciate you saying that. I think that that means a lot, especially with like, I mean, I mean, like, to be real here, like, you mm-hmm. see, like, on EDM Twitter, like, people bashing influencers, content creators, and sometimes I read these, and I'm just like, God, I hope they don't think that I'm, like, like this fake, weird, conceited, mm-hmm. narcissist person. And, um, you know, I remember reading something along the lines of, like, why would you have a meetup? Like, that's super conceited, like, you're not a celebrity or some mm-hmm. something like that. And I remember having a meetup um, for Lost Lands for... Um, like during Justin's set, like I wanted to, you know, help help promote SCUDA. Like I wanted support from my boyfriend, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really about me. But I was thinking to myself, "Oh God, do, is that what people think of me?" Because I had a meetup, and I just remember like thinking for a while, "Okay, meetups aren't cool. Like that's not a good thing." But like what you just said, like totally negates that. I think because that's um,
0: th- that's not like the intentions of our meetups. I think. No, no, no. I was gonna say, I didn't even think about that. No, I was gonna say I do the meetups not to meet me. I do the meetups so I can meet you. Like that's the whole right. point of it. It's like literally so I can finally like get everybody together and like let's all these people we've been chatting with online, like let's get together and pick a time and place. So I don't, yes. don't read those things. I'm, that's not even in my inner circle. Cause it's like so irrelevant. Like, you know, where your intentions are and like what you're trying to do and what you're trying to create. So don't worry about anything else you know and people it's so meetups are so fun it's so good to just see so many people and and gather I've I've gone to meetups I've gone to meet some influencers meetups
1: because Mm -hmm. I'm also a uh a fangirl uh which is not good but not bad either because I Mm -hmm. love supporting like other people and I think like for me it's just super fun and um
0: it's kind of like a, a meet and greet you know and I love meet and greets yeah, yeah, Well, and even like I remember seeing a bunch online um EDC, EDC uh Orlando, Vegas, like anything. I've seen um I went to Reddit meetups cuz I know Reddit is a huge EDC Las Vegas meetup. I did that one two years in a row, I'm pretty sure. So anytime it's another group too like there are Injuna fan meetups, Seven Lions, Codex fan meetups like if you guys post about it, I will try and like roll through too. Cause I just think it's cool to see like who's there and who's popping by. So I think the more meetups, the better. Cause then you just get to meet more people in this community for sure. Exactly. I, yeah. And that's what it's all about for sure. Yeah, girl. Yeah. And of have so many, we have the podcast meetups.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I am down. Remember you yes. said that I won't forget that. Yes. 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 So hundred <laughs> percent. Hell yeah. Um, so before we end, um, I do have a Raver advice submission um yeah so rave advice is it's a new segment where basically anyone can submit any questions about anything rave related or not and um we do have a submission from um from someone who decided to stay anonymous and um i'll go ahead and read the question and then um if you don't mind like kind of answering help this person with some advice and then i can give my two cents as well. So. Uh, This person reads or says, when festivals come back, my friends and I want to have theme matching costumes. Should we buy them or make them ourselves?
0: Good one. Ooh. I love when people get creative. It's the best thing ever when people do group costumes and stuff. I have a video on my YouTube channel with group costume examples and things like that. I mean... If you can, I guess it just depends like what the theme is overall. I definitely think you can make them and get really creative and buy basic stuff. I know people who have made custom jerseys for their rave families, which have been unreal. Like that's if you want to like go to another level, but you could also make, for sure, make your own totem for your rave fam and have something like that. That could be really cool as well. But I'm trying to think of like themes I've seen. I mean, you can do patterns like i've seen people just do like all different animal print patterns or like Mm -hmm. checkerboard fams and things like that to mario party characters like you can go it depends on where you want to go with it right
1: (laughs) yeah what do you think um person well i feel like you could you could even do both if you want to create it because um one year my boyfriend and my friend tammy and i we were um I I was Sully, my boyfriend was uh, Mike Wisowski and our friend Timmy was Boo. Yeah, but with Boo, it was so hard to like, find a an actual baby monster looking outfit that would fit mm-hmm. an adult so my friend Timmy got super creative and he actually bought a mop from like the 99 cent store cut it up and he glued <laughs> it onto some eyes some big googly eyes so it looked like boo when um Mike and Sully tried to dress her up as a monster oh and, my god yeah and he just got like a pink shirt and shorts and it totally looked like boo and um my costume I like just made the ears and Justin's it was just a Mm t-shirt with Mike Wasowski's giant eye on it so I think that you can do it both ways like if you can't buy or afford the costume Mm -hmm. um I say try to make it
0: yeah I agree you just reminded me too um I did, there were a couple of years I made a few shirts on, I think it was like Uberprints.com, but any like shirt company you want to make. And I did crop tops and my little and I, she, we were the Plur Police because we're obsessed with Jaws's like remix of Plur Police. Love that. And we're, I love Jaws. So yeah, he was playing at EDC on main stage. So we, like I made the crop tops for us. They said Plur Police on the front and the back. They said, I'm EDM as fuck bro. And then we dressed as like cops and then we had like the Jaws flag. So you can always do something like that and incorporate like artist merch or if you're a fan of somebody, you can like make your own shirt and stuff. I love that. That's super creative. I really like the
1: I'm as fuck, bro. Yeah. I feel like that's super <laughs> Go cute. Listen to that song. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure. Um, whichever way, which, whichever uh, can get your, your costume point across, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because yep. sometimes costumes, um, you'll buy them, but it doesn't look like what you want mm-hmm. it to look like. So you kind of have to like tweak it yourself. So
0: whatever you are going to be so like, that's the other thing. Like I love totems. I've never brought a totem just because I feel like I'm always flying in or something like that, but I truly live for festival totems. I think they're so great and people are so funny and I crack up the entire night. So I can't wait to see what everybody comes up with after this. It's going to be so good. Yeah, and dude, they're
1: getting so, like, much more intricate, too, like, with all the lights, with all mm-hmm. the, like, special effects that they have going on. Um, I'm just, like, like you're going to know, like, where your fam is at because they're going to have that only, like, super, mm-hmm. like, uh, high-tech totem. But at this point, everyone might have a high-tech totem
0: at that time. Yeah, yeah, you never know. I know Um, there's some like, yeah, like neon signs or whatever they're called, like LED signs or something like that where you can get them lit up and things like that. Flags are definitely something I, I did for Izu. I brought my like rave culture cast flag because um, my nice. fiance like he's so crafty. He built me, it wasn't very tall. Like I had to hold it, but he built me a collapsible pole. I have a tutorial on YouTube if anybody wants it. And so so, like I could stick it together and it was big enough so I could like hold it and wave it. And then I could collapse it and stick it in my lunchbox hydration pack, like side pocket. So I, it was really, really handy. Yeah. That is so innovative. Built it from home Depot. Yeah. (laughs) your
1: fiance is awesome. I I think that's one of the reasons why my group, well, first of all, it's always a small group, but so we don't need a totem really, but totems are just so big to look Mm -hmm. around. And I feel like it's usually one person or two people that are trying to like, like not hold the totem. They're like, okay, it's your turn. Mm -hmm. It's your turn. But that's so smart. Collapsible like like
0: PVC pipe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so smart. I love that. Yeah. Hell Go check yes. out the video, you guys.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my gosh. So, Emma, drop where everyone can find you. Be prepared, everyone, because she's everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I'm at Emma Capotis on pretty much every, all my social media is at Emma Capotis. And then, yeah, Emma Capotis on YouTube. Um, at Rave Culture Cast. The podcast comes out every Wednesday. And I think that's it. And then Festival Insider Podcast comes out every Tuesday. So you guys can... There's content all days of the week pretty much at this point. (laughs) Oh, and I'll plug plug my next course because I'm pretty sure um, in April, I'm pretty sure I'm going to do just like a one-off webinar cuz i've been really wanting to cover this topic and it's going to be how to create and launch a podcast from scratch. So look out for that. I'll probably do like two sessions of it, but i'm really really excited for that cuz i want more podcasters out there to do the damn thing. <laughs> oh my god, you guys,
1: if you guys are thinking about doing a podcast, definitely take that course cuz i wish your that po- i wish That course was out when I was creating a podcast (laughs) because it was a lot
0: of research. So that is awesome that you're doing that. Got you guys. It's going to be, we're going to break it down. If you're on a budget, if you want to launch it within the next 30 days, that's what I'm literally just going to give you my framework of how I I did that twice. (laughs) Yes. Fuck yeah. Well,
1: Emma, thank you so much for being on Best Candy Ever. And we'll see you guys next time, Candy Crew. Bye guys.